At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Again, hour number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw coming at you for the next hour. We are talking about some of these coaching odds that you can wager on right now via DraftKings. And we went through the Broncos, their, their possibilities, certainly the Colts. The Panthers are another interesting one because the team fought for Steve Wilkes. We saw that. Even in the last meaningless game in the win against the, uh, the Saints. And up until that Bucks second half disaster... They almost resurrected this entire season and almost yeah. figured out a way to win the NFC South. Now, as the incumbent, if you will, Steve Wilkes is 6-1 to one to regain his job. We've heard reports even this morning that Frank Reich has been offered an interview. He's 10-1. to one. Shane Steichen, I want you to tell the people about Shane at 3-1. to one, And D'Amico Ryan's, of course, the stud D.C. in San Francisco. And by the way, that's been a pretty good Jumping off point. We saw it with Robert Sala in San Francisco. We've seen it. Uh, Mike McDaniels going to Miami. Guys under Kyle Shanahan are getting jobs. That coaching tree, the Shanahan coaching tree. And D'Amico Ryans feels like the next one to extend that tree. He's at 4-1. to one. Mike Kafka, remember him, Northwestern fans? He's 8-1. to one. There's Harbs, 10-1. to one. Jim Caldwell back in the mix at 10-1. to one. And Ben Johnson, 10-1. to one. Shane Steichen being the favorite. Amal, what do you make of that at 3-1? to one? He's a UNLV guy. Um, you know, obviously coming from the Eagles right now, young guy, 37 years old. It'll be interesting to see uh, what they choose to do here because the one thing to me is, are you going to go with Sam Darnold as your quarterback? Mm. That That's the bigger question with this team. 
I, if it were me, I would go with Steve Wilkes, and the reason being is I thought the team responded well to him. They did. Um, you know, I, I think that's a lot of it. As a head coach, really, you need good coordinators, but the ability to kind of lead and manage is crucial. I'm not saying Steichen can't do a good job or wouldn't be effective, but what we saw to Wilkes from a team that was absolutely on the mat, getting up with an opportunity to be able to win that division on the road, they were about a quarter and a half away from winning the division. Um, real missed opportunity there. So I, I don't know. I would potentially look at him. Some of the other names on the list, um, you mentioned Kafka, Harbaugh, Reich, and Caldwell, but I thought Caldwell did a good job in Indianapolis. I always thought his tenure there was uh, underrated. And see, that's, I, I think, also a question of what direction are they looking at. If they're going to go defense, right, which would be Ryan's, uh, Caldwell, you've already got that guy in Steve Wilkes. Mm -hmm. So I think you're, you're right on that it's playable at 6-1 to one for Wilkes, okay? But if you go offense, that's where you go to this, the Shane Steichen route. But at 3-1, to one, you, you nail it on the head. Is it Sam Darnold? If it's not, they've got a top-10 pick. Right, they could be in the quarterback market now. That gets to the: Do you like Will Levis? Do you let a 37-year-old first-time head coach, you know, marry him to the quarterback? We saw that with Josh McDaniels years ago in Denver with some guy named Tim Tebow. If right? You, like, do you marry a young first-time head coach with a prospective quarterback if that's the way you go? If you're not going Sam Darnold, if you come in the interview for the Carolina Panthers and you tell me you like Will Levis, I sit there and say, listen, you've got more time for lunch because this interview is over. <laughs> and that's going to be the decisions, right? These are the conversations owners are going to have and GMs are going to have with the prospective guys. I'm sure Steve Wilkes can say, I've, I can make Sam Darnold work if you want to give him a contract, right? Yeah. I can make this work because we showed you in the second half that I can make it work. Whether or not we think it works but that could be those internal conversations. So if you think Wilkes can win it over with the owner and say, I got this defense playing a lot of high draft picks in the last couple of years under Matt Rule. I've got these guys playing what you thought you were going to get with Matt Rule. Stay the course with me. I can make this work. You don't have to break the bank or guess on a, on a rookie quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be crucial in terms of how they, how they approach this one. Let's go to Arizona, to the desert. And again, I, I love the Bond uh, and Brown analogy, you, you, you break up with a, with a bond, you go to a brunette. Well, you broke up with the, with the bond and Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive guy. Do you go defense in the brunette, say with Vance Joseph, or do you go down the board to a D'Amico Ryan's at 14 to one? Yeah. Right. Cause look at the other names kind of offensive, right? When you're looking at Sean Payton, three to one, Shane Steichen again, 12 to one. If you've got two guys at three to one, a defensive guy in Joseph, offensive guy in Peyton. The question is, why do you bring in Vance Joseph if you have to fix Kyler Murray? And if Kyler Murray now reportedly has say in the hire? Well, first of all, I think defensively they've got some major issues, right? right? I mean, that, that's one area you want to get fixed. He's been on the staff there, defensive coordinator there, previously head coach with the Denver Broncos for two years. Not a particularly good stint there, but... You know, sometimes second time around, people do a better job. Uh, we saw that with Pete Carroll with the Seahawks compared to what happened in New England in 97 to 99. Uh, I, you know, look, I don't know. These two teams that we've talked about with Denver and Arizona, the big question is, do you believe in the current quarterbacks because you're tied into them with their contracts? That's right. So these conversations are going to be had, like, can't, it's going to be weird because if Kyler is theoretically in the room, or at least in the decision-making process, the, and you don't have a GM right now, too, by the way, because Kime's gone. So Kimes out. Well, he was. I didn't know they had a GM with him there. Right. He's gone. He gone. 
Cliff Kingsbury, he gone, right? So now you, you got, you know, Bidwell as the owner, and you had a quarterback that's going to be apparently in the decision-making process. How do you have a conversation, whether you're Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and they go, what about Kyler? Kyler's right there. He's part of the process. So what do I say? I can't work with him? I mean, if you want the job, you have to say, whether it's true or not, I can fix Kyler. Oh, he doesn't need to be fixed. I can work with Kyler. I mean, it's so weird that you're going to have to kowtow and toe tip around Kyler Murray because he ain't going anywhere, and that's now the elephant in the room. Well, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm not taking that job. I would take Denver because the defense is already good enough. You can correct Russell Wilson. We don't know if Kyler Murray actually can be the guy, and we're speculating that he may, but still remains to be seen. I think Kyler Murray, there's two issues with Kyler. One is physical, which is not correctable simply because I think at times you see him, Baker Mayfield, guys that are shorter in stature struggle to be able to see in certain situations and spots. But I think the other issue with Kyler is Kyler Murray in high school was 41 and 0, won three state titles. You know, Joel Clatt had a great line. He goes, he's probably the greatest high school football player in the state of Texas. Now, you can't necessarily say for sure, but, you know, it's, there's an argument to be made. Oklahoma, he wins a Heisman Trophy. He was great after the first quarter against that Alabama defense. Yeah. Um, he's always been the best athlete and the best player on the field. The problem is when you get to the NFL, there are so many great athletes and so many great players that it becomes much more challenging. And so, unless he's a guy that you really think you can get things turned around, um, I don't know his work ethic. I don't know if he's a guy that you look at and go, hey, he's going to be prepared on in terms of film and everything like that. Well, we that, saw reading between the tea leaves, right? That's why they had that in the contract last year, that he was playing too much what, PS1 or whatever and maybe not in in the book as much. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't. Why are you laughing? Hey, like 30 years ago, Dave. Whatever. It's all good, though. I don't play video games. I, that's why I was like, you and I probably should not reference video games. Don't have I a just clue. know that that was the knock. He plays yeah. video games. He doesn't Back get to the... playing Sega Genesis. Yeah, right. <laughs> playing Nintendo. Tech Mobile is still the greatest game Tech ever. Mobile. It's fantastic. Uh, but the, the point is that I, I look at it. Do you want to go there? Now, here's the thing to me. I think Arizona, and this is where I think teams miss the mark. When you look at just not only – the team, okay, the team's not in great shape right now. But I want quality of life where I want to live. I'm telling you right now, I want to be with the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. No question about that. I'm going to go play some golf. Definitely over uh, Charlotte. Well, Charlotte's in a good ball. city. Oh, yeah. Denver. Charlotte. Come on, Kelly. Charlotte and Denver They're are good great, cities. But no, I'm no, taking but Phoenix. I'm saying it because I love warm weather, and I think Phoenix yeah, is a great do. place to live. Uh, but I think Charlotte and Denver are good cities. I just, it's going to be weird that he's part of the process. Again, because you don't have a GM right now. We don't even know who's going to be conducting the interviews. Well, based Is Kyler going to be doing the interviews? Based on some of the decisions, I don't even know if Steve Kahn was the GM. I, that, that feels like the most muddled out of the four that we put up on the board. Because I just, like, you don't know what the leadership looks like right now. I'm not saying it's one of these four teams we just showed. But I, I'm going to I'm gonna have a hard time believing D'Amico Ryans isn't a head coach in the NFL next year. I tend to agree I think with you. he's getting a job, yeah. I do, too. Based Former Alabama defense. linebacker. He had a, you know, he was a good player in the NFL. I think he's still young enough to connect with the players. I think he's a real, real solid coach. I, I think he makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams. The problem is, and we've seen this play out in years past, we expect a deep run by the Niners. Teams don't like to wait, man. Like, they, they say, we'll they, wait. They don't. Yeah, I don't understand why. What are you missing out on recruiting? I'm sorry, was there a five-star that signed somewhere else when free agency hasn't even started yet? Hey, I agree you should wait for your guy. That's the guy you want. But they don't. Traditionally, sometimes that hurts teams 
with the success because they don't get in that interview room. They got to Skype it or whatever they got to do. And then they move on to somebody else. Well, you know, that's why bad teams are bad because they're rushing into judgment and decisions that are not necessarily to be rushed into. In college, I understand why you hire quickly because you need guys for National Signing Day in the December period and in February. But at the NFL level, what is the rush? I'm You're afraid it. they're not going to be at the scouting combine? I mean, it's a coach's conference down there. Plus, if I was Arizona and D'Amico Ryans is on the table, well, you're in the division with the Niners. Absolutely. Who knows, who knows the Niner defense better than he does? Like, to me, that would be a smart, smart equation. But Vance Joseph is already a defensive guy. He's already familiar in that room. That's what I'm talking about. They might go ahead and make an in-house move. But who's making the move? Just the owner or Kyler? Because you have no GM. Very dicey situation out there in the desert. I, I always find it interesting that the owners during the games are not all, but some of them like Bidwell uh, and used to see it with uh, Arthur um, Blank, Blank in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They always sit with the GM. I'm like, you know, sometimes when you, you know, it was a story on an undercover FBI or DEA agent. He worked on with the Hells Angels. He goes, you know, if you're with people every day for a year, he goes, you're going to like them. And it's kind of the same thing. I think this is what you and I talked about this with the Cowboys. Jerry Jones sometimes is too close to the situation. Loves his guys. Loves his guys. And so I feel like sometimes that happens with certain teams with the front office. Jason Garrett. <laughs> that was good. The clapper. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy loved him, right? He just loved the clapper and he kept him around from a player to a coach to the head coach. He Sometimes would, you, you fall in love with your guys. He always won. He was happy he won that game that got them home field advantage, and they ended up going to the Super Bowl. So, and Garrett's not a bad guy, except unless you're in a press conference with him. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk some NBA as well, and maybe dip our toe into college basketball on the night that is. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest games, well, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. The VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recaps of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down the brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today. Sign up for just $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That's V-S-I-N slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. We keep rolling on this edition of Big Bets. I want to thank everybody that tweets at us during the show. Uh, Ryan tweeted at us and said, let's talk some hoops instead of the cowgirls. (laughs) Thank you for the tweet, Ryan. (laughs) It's been like this. It's been very anti-cowboy since I woke up today. And my rule on social, Dave, as long as they're funny, keeps that up. Yeah, We can can take it. You can beat up on us. I don't care if you want to criticize me. I'll still respond to you. You may not like it. (laughs) Just make it funny. I don't care what you're saying. You can hit us up. That was funny. (laughs) D-Raw Sports, Amal Shaw 1. We are on there, and that's a good one from Ryan. So thank you for watching, listening, Ryan. And guess what? We're going to talk college hoops right now. Well, first of all, Ryan was correct in his statement What? I told him that I, have, I can't wait till I told Tuesday. Ryan I blocked and reported him. I haven't. The uh, I can't wait till <laughs> Tampa beats Dallas on Monday what? night. What? Why would you say that, Amal? Well, first of all, because I've got a lot of reasons financially for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> to win. <laughs> that number, by the way, still two and a half. Uh, let's get to college hoops. This is a game we actually looked at a little bit yesterday, yep. and we thought the number would change, and it has ever so slightly. UConn on the road against Shaka Smart. And Marquette, two ranked teams, 25th in the land against the number six team in the country, the Connecticut Huskies. It was two yesterday, and you liked that then. It's gone up to two and a half, which you theorized it would. And here we are. Does it get higher? And where does it get to a point, if it does get higher, that you say, all right, I don't like it as much as I did when it was at two? You know, to me, I'd take this thing up to three. I like Connecticut, a rare road play for me here with the team laying less than, say, three or four points. I generally don't take those types of games. But I just think UConn, even though they haven't played great of late, Mm -hmm. um, they're still a very good team. 
Uh, you know, they had the loss against Providence on the road at the dunk, and then they had lost the previous game at X. They came back, bounced back against Creighton after having lost two in a row. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of a tricky spot here on the road against Marquette, especially after losing uh, two places that I think the teams might not be as good as Marquette. I still think Connecticut's going to win this game tonight. I like them to cover the two and a half. I think the size is going to be a factor. I don't know if they can, excuse me, if they can match up particularly well here in this one uh, against Sonogo and uh, Klingon inside. I think that'll be a challenge here. Hawkins has been tremendous. And then can you stop UConn on the perimeter? This is a team that can shoot the ball extremely well, almost 36% from the three-point line. So I took uh, Connecticut here laying uh, the two and a half. You could, the overnight was two, but I would lay it up to three. All right, so Amal's willing to go up to three on the Huskies mm-hmm. tonight on the road in Milwaukee taking on Marquette. Let's talk about Indiana against Penn State. In, Indiana's been one of those teams kind of tough to figure out yeah. here in the early going. Penn State, a, a solid club here. It feels odd to me that they're still given to. Felt like it should be closer to a pick em, But, it, again, a small number here, Penn State at home. What do you make of this matchup? I, well, I disagree with you, Dave, and here's why. I think Micah Shrewsbury's team is very good. Okay. I think Jalen Pickett's one of the toughest guard covers in college basketball. He can take you in the post. He can take you on the perimeter. Seth Lundy's probably one of the best on-off-ball defenders in college hoops. I think they're going to present a challenge. You still are without Xavier Johnson, the guard for Indiana in this matchup. No Race Thompson. Race Thompson, to me, is one of my favorite players in college basketball because he does whatever the team needs to be able to win to be successful. You need me to rebound tonight? I'll go rebound. You need me to go get a couple of points here? I'll go. I'll do that. You need me to defend? I'll do that. Without him, I think it'll be tougher. Now, Trace Jackson Davis had a monster game against Iowa. They lose that game yep. late in Carver-Hawkeye. Man. Now you're on the road here tonight in State College, taking on the Nittany Lions at Bryce Jordan. I like Penn State here. I think this team, with the way they shoot the basketball, will be the difference. Can you slow down Penn State from the perimeter? Penn State, 38% from deep. Now, Indiana shot the ball extremely well, also from the perimeter. But I think Penn State, because they want to make it a half-court game, I think if Trace Jackson Davis doesn't have 20-plus, Indiana doesn't come close to winning the game. I'm not saying it's a blowout, but meaning they're not going to be able to be competitive to win it. I I like Penn State lane two here at home at the BJ. Very quickly, that total is uh, at 142. Any leans there? What style of game? Where do you get up-tempo or a little bit more half-court? No, I I don't have a play on that. Um, You know, it could go either way. Okay, so we're not going to get involved with that total there. Going to stick with Penn State lane the two. Uh, very quickly, the game of the night, clearly in the hardwood, will happen at the Carrier Dome as Syracuse will be hosting Virginia Tech. Here come the Hoke Hokey Highs. Now, that number I'm seeing has uh, gone up a little bit for the for the Hokies, up to three I'm seeing right now. What do you make of Virginia Tech on the road at the Dome? You know, Virginia, I have not seen a ton of Virginia Tech so far this year. Pretty good team, 11-5. and five. Uh, This is the team that has shot the ball okay, not bad, not great. Uh, 46% from the floor, about 47%. 35% from the three-point line, which is a good number. Uh, but to me, the one thing that I think bodes extremely well for them, they don't turn the ball over. They're averaging less than 10 turnovers per game, which is very crucial, especially when you go on the road. You know, last night, Butler had 18 turnovers at SJU. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's something to pay attention to. Though The Syracuse team is a little bit hit or miss. You know, Joe Girard's a tremendous shooter, yep. but sometimes he can be a bit of a ball hog. And that's what concerns me a little bit. He's shooting 38 39% from the three-point line, but from the floor, he's 39%. And that's what runs into a little bit of problem. I'll tell you a guy that's underrated for this team is uh, Jess Edwards. I think he's really good. Mm -hmm. He can do it from the inside, from the outside, uh, good length defensively. This is a game I stayed away from. This is one I would look potentially at an in-game number. If you can get six, six and a half on either side, 
or higher in an in-game opportunity. I know why Bayheim wants the uh, community to go to 90 teams. Because that's what it might take to get them in the NCAA tournament. At this well, stage. they're not getting in with 90 right now. <laughs> they ran out of Bayheims. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at. So your lean is we're going to wait and try to see an in-game spot there. Yeah, I wouldn't. For me, I personally wouldn't play this game before it starts. Okay, uh, let's get to Mississippi State in Georgia uh, tonight here uh, as the dogs at home against the Bulldogs. So Bulldogs against Bulldogs in this one. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State lane two and a half against UGA. What do you make of this one tonight down there deep in the heart of uh, Georgia? You know, I like this Mississippi State team. I, I think they're very good. They defend extremely well. That's the one thing I definitely like. And, uh, you know, Chris Jans' team has done a great job so far this year. They lost the game against Bama. No shame in that. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else their other losses were to. But, you know, uh, lose at Tennessee. Rocky Top, I mean, they're a really good team. The one thing is, I don't think Mississippi State should be a road favorite at Stegman tonight. Ooh. I think Georgia's played better than people have given them credit for. They go down. Mike White's team has been much, much better this year. They go down to Florida, led the entire first half until late Gators take a lead. Second half, competitive game, but uh, Gators squeak out the win. Nice job by Florida last night getting the road win at the Maravich Center at LSU. Mm-hmm. Then the Auburn game. They're catching seven at home. They beat them outright. I, I'm telling you, if this game were at the hump, it'd be a different story. But on the road here tonight, I, I would look at Georgia or no play here. I think Mississippi State's going to get better as the season progresses. They're still a good team, but they don't score consistently enough. And I think with the way Georgia defends now under Mike White, unlike they did under Tom Crean, it'll be more challenging for a Mississippi State that's already offensively challenged. And again, if you look at that money line play, you can get plus 120 if you like the dogs at home. So if you were to lean towards Georgia, would you lean towards that money line play? I would at the plus 120. I yep. think it's a good it's a good spot. But if you want to take the two and a half here tonight, it's not a bad play because. I think when you look at Mississippi State, the games tend to be a little bit lower scoring, so it could be a little bit tighter, but I still think the plus 120 is the play. Baylor on the road in Morgantown going up against WVU, and how about this? Uh, West Virginia's small favorite at home, laying a point and a half, relatively high total of 147 and a half. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not the answer you want to hear, but this is just another night in the Big 12. This is going to be an absolute war. This is going to be such a tough game. I I didn't play this game. I'm looking forward to watching this one. You know, uh, Huggins team's doing a great job so far. They are, they've been great at home so far this year, 7-1, and one, gotten off to a fast start overall. But they come in having lost three in a row. That's a little bit of a concern. But when you look at the losses, you lose at Bramlage, you lose in uh, Stillwater, and then you lose against Kansas. These are all teams that are – Kansas is a top – K-State's a top 15 team. They won in Austin. Kansas is the number two team in the country. Last night they come back at the fog against Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, Boynton's team is really, really good. They may not be as good as everybody else in the league, but this is such a good league that I don't think it's going to be easy for Baylor going on the road here. Drew's team's going to be in for a, a fight. They've lost three in a row as well. Um, they lose a game against TCU. So th- I'm telling you, top to bottom, without question, this is the best league in college basketball. It's not even close. Woo! Let's sneak in one more before we go to break here. Pittsburgh uh, going to go down there to Durham and take on the uh, the former team led by Coach K and now John Shire at the helm. Eight and a half for the Dukies against the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, I didn't play this game. This is one I would look towards the dog only because I love the way the Panthers have competed, but I can't say that without any kind of confidence where I'd go to the window and bet it. Um, I, I think Pitt has been more impressive than you would think coming into the season. They Gave away a game late against Clemson the other day at home. Now you bounce back. You got to come and bounce back here against Duke on the road. This is going to be a tough spot at Cameron. Duke escaped Chestnut Hill on Saturday. 
But for me, I don't want to lay eight and a half with the Dukies. I just don't think they're that good of a team. Right now, Kentucky, Carolina, and Duke, the three blues, man, they are not that good. Here's your plays for tonight. UConn laying two. It's up to two and a half. Penn State, two and a half against Indiana. UC Davis very quickly, five and a half against Cal State. Yeah, UC Davis now is shot up to seven, so that would be the max where I'd go. Penn State, I got a two and a half now down to two. All right, so those are the numbers Amal likes tonight. When we come back, JVT talking all things NBA next here on Big Bets. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Watch football a little bit more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. Set your lineup. Watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all postseason long. Guinness made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for all of the details. Back alongside Amal Shaw, we kind of roll on this program here at South Point Casino by bringing in our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. You can follow him on Twitter as I do at me, JVT. Jonathan, I got to, I don't know what in the world just happened last night between the Suns and the Warriors, but the Suns basically didn't play anybody. The Warriors get Steph back. They're laying, what, 12? And they lose the game outright. Now... 24 hours later, the Suns still look like they're not going to play anybody. Still getting a big number, 13 and a half tonight against the Nuggets. What do you make of what's going on with Phoenix in the last 24 hours? Uh, it's the NBA, right? Like, <laughs> I think that's pretty much what it is. You know, you're going to get some of these performances where teams just come out, catch other teams on whatever it is, weird night, good night, and ultimately can pull it out. And, and it's weird, too, because it wasn't an overly impressive offensive performance from Phoenix. Like, you'll see 125 points. I think it was. But there was actually just a lot of possessions in the game. I think I had 108 for the Phoenix Suns, an offensive rating of 115. It's just slightly above average when it comes to non-garbage time offensive ratings. You know, they didn't really destroy um, the Phoenix, or excuse me, the Golden State Warriors in any in particular area of the floor other than three-point shooting. They shot 14 to 30 from three, and that's going to really help you out. I, I think really that's what it comes down to, Dave. And here's the other thing. Like, when you look at the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry came out, looked super cool with the one black sleeve, <laughs> uh, but outside of that, kind of shot inefficiently, had 15 three-point shots, only hit five of them. I think you just saw a team that was kind of working a dude back and another team that, hey, man, we got, at least people think, no shot here. Let's go out and put forward with good performance, and Maybe let's get a W, and that's exactly what happened. So I wouldn't take a ton from it. I'm going to go to a game tonight in Atlanta between Milwaukee and the Bucks. No Trey Young for the Bucks in this one. I'm sorry, for the Hawks. Uh, Milwaukee, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Any particular leans in this play? Uh, well, it's an accurate statement. Trey Young will not play for the Bucks, Amal, so you don't have to correct that. Um, <laughs> very good, so very I laid, good. I laid a two-and-a-half with Milwaukee, Amal, and uh, part of this was – uh, still, Clint, no, no Clint Capella. Uh, Clint Capella has been injured for the uh, Atlanta Hawks for a little bit now. And when you look at what they have missed without him on the floor, uh, they miss him defensively. And this is already a Hawks team, guys, that offensively has been pretty inconsistent uh, throughout this entire season. And that offense has persisted in terms of the inconsistencies. And now the defensive rating has kind of fallen off. 117.5, their defensive rating in the seven games without him on the floor, uh, without him on the floor for the season. Teams taking 39.4% of their attempts at the rim, shooting nearly 70% on those attempts. Like, they really miss Clint Capella's defensive presence. And now on top of that, a really poor offense has its highest volume guy not playing later today, and thus you see this number. So I, I laid it with the Milwaukee Bucks guys before the news that Trey Young came down. Obviously still think that that is the side. And I'll note, too, 
Like Atlanta, they've played three times. Atlanta, two and one straight up and against the spread. They have actually a plus 10.1 net rating in non-garbage time against Milwaukee. But obviously, Trey Young was on the floor for all of them. Capella was on the floor for all of them. And Drew Holiday did miss one of those losses. So I wouldn't go back and look and say, maybe, hey, maybe the Hawks are pretty good at, at you know, a matchup for the Bucks. That might be the case against that drop coverage. Trey Young, who's pretty good with that floater and in that area of the floor. Without him, this is a game that even though Milwaukee has been inconsistent, they should be able to take care of business. And if they don't, uh, it'd be a very disappointing performance. Yeah, John, I, I think you I, I think you hit it right on. I was open to get in front of this number move. I didn't. I laid the four and a half, though, still. I think no Clint Capella in there. When you're facing a yep. guy like Giannis, is a big, big deal for this team uh, defensively. So I, I think you could see a big, big night from uh, from Giannis down there in Atlanta. I'm looking yeah, at this. And if I could add really quick, guys, and it, like the Bucks too, like their season-long numbers, I wrote about something this morning, right, where if you look at it on the surface, you're like, well, Milwaukee's been kind of mundane this year. But when Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday on the floor together, net rating of plus 8.1, defensive rating of 108.9, they're elite when those two are together. And they're finally going to be together tonight, you know, with some consistency. They'll start to get better, but that's a really big deal. JVT, for people that may not be as well-versed as you on the NBA, explain a little bit about the net rating and some of the other things you mentioned, because I think for some people, they may not be familiar with it. Yeah, so, you know, you hear a lot of people that will still, even though in today's day and age it's become a little bit more common, uh, refer to scoring in the NBA as like a way to measure it, right? Just, hey, whatever points per game. Uh, But it's a little bit more effective to measure it by possession as opposed to uh, overall points per game. So that's where net rating and offensive rating comes in. Your net rating is essentially what you are outscoring or being outscored by over the course of 100 possessions. Uh, And what a, a site like Cleaning the Glass does is sorts out garbage time, right? Because you'll get these blowouts. And so what they'll do is they'll take away the times in which teams are getting blown out, obviously garbage time. Uh, what they also do them all, which is pretty sneaky, is they take away a cleaning the glass, uh, like the heaves at the end of quarters and at halves. Oh, nice. That kind of, yeah, they put, a, you know, they put that extra shot attempt in there. So you'll see, and it, look, at the end of the day, you might not think that means that much, but over the course of an entire season, it does give you a little bit more of an accurate look at how these teams are shooting from three-point range and whatnot. So you get a little bit more of a condensed view of it, but I think most importantly is that it, the way to measure these teams' success is by per-possession basis as opposed to just overall scoring per game because, as we mentioned right with Phoenix, for example, you would look at that and think that was a high-scoring affair and Phoenix had a really good game, but if you're actually measuring it by possession basis, they were pretty average in that contest. Talking to our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel and JVT, I'm looking at this Wizards game tonight, uh, laying a small number against the Bulls. Uh, both these teams, obviously, Beal's been uh, banged up here for, for Washington. What do you make of this one with the short number at home for the Wiz kids laying a point and a half? Uh, I would say, Dave, that if you want to watch this game, you should check it out at NBA League Pass because your boy's <laughs> going to be on it live for the second Woo-hoo! quarter of the uh, NBA League Pass oh, stream nice. today. Love yeah. it. Um, yeah, so how about that? Also, I'd say, even though I'm going to be on this, you should watch it. Uh, it might not be the best game. Uh, <laughs> look, like, DeMar DeRozan's probably not going to play. Uh, on the other side, you have Daniel Gafford, Corey Kispert, Chris Asperzingis, all questionable to play for the Washington Wizards. Uh, so it is a matchup of the walked wounded and, of course, battle of attrition. I will say uh, that if DeMar DeRozan cannot play today, uh, you'd still kind of, I think, circle uh, the Chicago Bulls in this matchup. If Zach Levine is going to continue to, you know, shoot and perform at an optimal level offensively, this is a Bulls team that has covered nine out of, I think it is now 14 or 15 games. So they've been playing pretty solid basketball uh, up to this point. The market has kind of undervalued them a little bit. We saw the market open a little low on them. They actually opened uh, as an underdog, flipped to them. But then the DeRozan news came down and went back to Washington. So I would lean towards uh, Chicago. But the most important part is your boy's going to be on the league pass. Oh, yeah. So come check it out. 
That is, that's that's the best part of this game right here. Now we got to watch them all. We got to check it out in the second right. quarter. There's no question about that. Speaking of the games that are intriguing, first of all, I didn't understand the other night the Knicks being a favorite over Milwaukee mm-hmm. JVT. Now they're a five point favorite against the Pacers at home at the Garden. Um, first of all, any preference on that one? But kind of just, I know this is going back to a game that took place, but why were they a favorite over Milwaukee the other night? You know, I think so. First off, New York has been playing some pretty yeah. solid basketball. Like they had that stretch where they had, I think it was like they lost five straight or six straight, whatever it was. Uh, and I think that's ultimately what um, kind of did them in for a little bit. But for the most part, they've been playing pretty well. Um, and, I, you know, the market, I think, is a little low on Milwaukee. You know, I mentioned like some of the numbers. If I just give you like the overall look at the Milwaukee Bucks this year, guys, Offensive rating for Milwaukee, I'll make sure I have this correct for you, for you. so I want to give you an accurate representation of this. They're 24th in non-garbage time offensive rating, the Bucks are. They're 10th in net rating in terms of non-garbage time, but it's only a plus 1.7. From an ATS standpoint, they're a very average team. So I think the market, it was just one of those instances where essentially the market's kind of been burned by Milwaukee quite a bit this year. It's a highly rated team that has not been performing very well. And then you get the Knicks, who have been performing at a somewhat better level. They have gone to a little bit of a tighter lineup, and that has changed things for them. They've been playing better basketball, and I think that's why you got that there. As far as this matchup tonight for New York against Indiana, I did not have a really strong play. I think there's two things to note here, though. One is Indiana thrives in transition. One of the best transition offenses in the NBA, but this is one of the best transition defenses in the NBA. And if you can contain Indiana's, you know, rip, run, and score in transition game, then you're going to have a pretty good night because they're not good defensively. The other is, guys, Indiana with a win today would become the first team in the NBA this season to clinch a decision on their win total. They would go over with a victory tonight. Wow. Uh, they have been off to a very good start. They had a very low win total, about 23 and a half before the season began. They can clinch that over tonight with a win over the New York Knicks. Wow, that is fascinating this this early in the season. JVT, very quickly, got about 90 seconds to go. Uh, we know that if you're betting unders, you're not cashing a whole lot of tickets. Are, are the books starting to adjust here, or these win totals just, or excuse me, these point totals just keep going to go up, up, and away? I mean, these, to- these totals keep climbing. I mean, look at today, right? We have, let me see, I, by my count, I got one, two, three totals uh, that are actually, excuse me, four totals that are over 230. Two of those that are over 230, about five and a half or so. Wow. And we got another one that's approaching that at, uh, let's see, we have a 229 with Atlanta, Milwaukee. We got a 228 and a half on the border of Chicago and Washington. These totals are going up, Dave. So, like, the, the market's adjusting. It's just that it's, look, this is not a they don't play defense thing. It's hard to play defense in the NBA. These courts are spread out. These guys are shooting from everywhere. It's hard to play defense in this league because these guys are so good at scoring, and you're starting to see that in these numbers. Wow. Yeah, it is. Take those unders at your own caution because we are getting a lot of points these days. Hey, JVT, we really appreciate it. Again, uh, check him out on Twitter at me, JVT. But more importantly, tonight, NBA League Pass, second quarter of the Wizards and Bulls. Have a great call. Good. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Good talk to you guys. Very, you. very cool stuff there from our own Jonathan Von Tobel. When we come back, sometimes you get scarred in sports betting. How deep is that scar tissue if you bet golf last week? We'll discuss when you come back with us right here on Big Bets on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and much more. It is a whole new ball game. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. We just had Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, on. That brings us to our pro tip for our number two. And really, if you've been paying attention in the NBA, Points, man, they are coming in abundance so far this year. So if you're betting unders, do it at your own peril. So this is historic, the the scoring we're seeing so far. And, yes, the books are trying to adjust and catch up. But right now, it's still overs are cashing in a ridiculous clip here. So just be careful if you think, wow, these numbers too look too big. I got to play the unders. I'm all right now in the NBA. It's, it's points, points, and more points. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, well, with the way the game is played, three-point shooting, mm. 
Um, it just seems like the games are absolutely just skyrocketing. George, uh, Greg Popovich, rather, is, is asking for a four-point shot. People thought he was kidding. The way that they're – the skill level that you're seeing big men in particular step out and shoot threes, it's a yeah. different league. It really is a different league, and scoring is way up for that reason. you got a lot of skill. So, yes, maybe some people, oh, there's no defense. It's hard to play defense, as JVT just pointed out. So, again, bet those unders at your own peril. Uh, that is the pro tip right now for hour number two. You get access to up to 20 of those a day across the VEASAN spectrum. When you become a VEASAN pro subscriber, go to VEASAN.com, sort those out by show and or by sport. Okay, before we really dig into the Sony Open this week as the uh, Hawaiian tour is in full swing, the West Coast swing, just in over, uh, like a, a kind of an overview as a gambler and the term bad beat gets thrown out there way too often. If you have something as a gambler that you perceive to be a bad beat, Amal, mm -hmm. how do you hop back on that horse like a cornerback in the NFL? And they say, just forget about that last play where you got burned. Go out and make a play this this one. How do you do that as a as a sports better that says, man, there's no way I should have lost Colin Moore Cowell last week, but I did. And now I gotta get back up on the horse and play that same sport. Well, you actually then had the red right side if it was a bad beat. Right. I mean, if it took something fluky to beat you, you're on the correct side, and sometimes it happens, right? You know, there's games like Ohio State-Georgia. Ohio State, in my opinion, was the better team for 60 minutes. Georgia made a couple of plays late, give them credit for the win, but that is not that is not as fluky, right? It was still a tight game. Mm -hmm. But to me, so many situations where, let's say, a team is winning, you get beat by a half-court shot at a halftime bet or something like that or second-half bet, you know, that's unlucky. And so I, I think you just have to look at it from that uh, perspective. I don't think it's that big of a deal um, I think it's more frustration than yes. any, anything else. It is, and I know it stings mm -hmm. the nostrils for those of us, like Kelly and I, that had Colin Warkow last week. We know Wes Reynolds uh, also on the network. Drown it down with Brown and move on, uh, Dave. That's What's that? Drown mm -hmm. it down with Brown and move on. I forget what show that was from. It's pretty good. Always sunny or something, Kev. Is that Amal always sunny, yeah. Amal doesn't so drink. Yeah, so he doesn't, just, yeah, yeah, he doesn't right. drink. Drown we got to drown it down, drown down, with, down with Brown and move on, okay? <laughs> Turn the page and move on. So we move on to the Sony uh, Open this weekend in Hawaii. Now, the, the tournament details here, they are for handicap purposes. You should take note of this. Remember last week, the reason why I loved uh, Morikawa at plus 2250, because it was a small field. It was only 39 guys out there in that field. You had one guy withdraw, so came 38. Look at the field this week. 144. We got full field for this one. And now we got a cut. Top 65 in ties. The course is not necessarily that big. Par 70. Yeah. We're only about 7,000 uh, yards here. So 7,044. Bermuda uh, greens here. And we do have some bunkers. Got 83 bunkers. So, Kelly, just your initial look at it from a week ago. This field is not as star-studded because it was the best 39 in the world minus Rory McIlroy and the live golf guys. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, very different. You're going to see, I mean, Tom Kim is the shortest odds out there this week. Uh, this guy, young golfer on tour. I mean, this is for, for everything that they went through with Liv last year. Tom mm -hmm. Kim, one of the shining, bright young stars on the PGA Tour. He's your short shot, so it kind of tells you what what field you are dealing with. Sung J.M., Jordan Spieth, Brian Horman, Hideki Matsuyama. Some good names still, still in the field this week. There's no doubt about that. Uh, strong, strong correlation with this uh, event every year, Dave, back to whoever played in the Tournament of Champions right. crossing over to this event. I uh, took this from Jason Sobel writing about this. Over over the past six years, players who competed in the Tournament of Champions then played in the so Sony Open have comprised just 16% of the field, Ooh. won five of the six titles, though, and actually eight of the past nine years. 
accounted for 40% of the top 10s and made the cut 73% of the time. So when I was working on my card this week, it's really basically just looking at guys that played last week um, that I think are good fit, fits for this course. Uh, I did have a few a few bets uh, for this week. Did bet Corey Connors and Russell Henley on outrights at 22 to 1. A uh, bit longer bomb on Russell Knox at 105 to 1. And then some top 20, uh, 10s and 20s on Connors, Henley, and Cam Davis, who I just can't quit. And Jordan Spieth, <laughs> Jordan Spieth at a, I, I think a plus price against Tom Kim. Tom Kim at some point here is going to get a little overrated in the betting market. Yep. I think there's some value going against him uh, here at some point. Uh, I liked the plus 134 that was out there, but somebody at this network, Matt, Matt Brown, uh, bet that before I could get to it. Ah, well, so I'll take the plus 126. Hideki played last week as well, right? Yep. So we get the top five guys uh, on the odds board here to win outrights all played last week to Kelly's point about historically that it does it does seem to link up pretty well. If you played in that small field a week ago, then go play the bigger field this week. That's why these guys are on the uh, short side here of that board. You mentioned Jordan Spieth, and this is in connotation to say Colin Morikawa, a guy, Colin, who did not win all of last year, was rolling through the first three rounds last week and into the back nine and then couldn't close. I wonder if there's scar tissue now building up with a guy like Jordan Spieth. Like, I look at Jordan and I go, he's just really a hard guy to trust for four solid rounds, right? So he's the third betting favorite here at 16-1. to It's hard for me to get there. With, like, it's going to be really hard for me now with, with what I just saw from Morikawa when he plays and a guy like Spieth, that they are so talented, so supremely talented. Short game might not be a better one in the world than Jordan Spieth, right? Yeah. And again, it's not a particularly long golf course, so that theoretically should help him. But I am worried about guys that don't close and have not closed in a while. And I want for great players, major champions, like Jordy's won three of them. Kyle Morikawa's won two. I might not be as apt to play them this week because of the scar tissue they're starting to build up. Oh, well, you know, I think it's a good point. But I, again, I still think you can't be that fearful and you've got to attack what you think is an advantage in certain situations. You mentioned the ability to putt with Jordan Spieth mm-hmm. on a course like this. Right now, 16-1 to 1 to win this tournament, plus 190 for a top 10 finish. Um, you know, I tend to be aggressive in terms of making the wager, but a little bit more conservative in terms of some of the approach, like, Get a top twenty for a guy at minus one ten in this field. I, well, mean, I, I like that. Like, that's, I, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, and I love the plus a dollar ninety uh, top for 10 top ten exactly for speed. Like, I I think that's the way I would play speed. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to get the winner circle exactly, but I think he'll be around sniffing it when we get there on the back nine on a Sunday. So I, I'm with you, Amal. I think that's a good way to handicap it. If you want to, don't want to just do outrights. Find some of these markets like DraftKings has offered for top tens, top twenties, top twenty. To your point, Spieth is minus dollar ten. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty good price tag right there. Instead of playing for me the sixteen to one to get it home and win the whole thing. No, I think it's a great point. I think it helps you out as you go forward in terms of trying to because the one thing you know uh, we talk about on this network a lot is people play these futures, but they're playing a lot of them. Yeah, so. You know, you have to be vigilant of the fact that how much are you betting on X, Y, and Z before you actually collect on A, B, or C? Yeah, again, and, and I think what we're trying to do here, people, is yes, I know we get infatuated sometimes with that 16-1. to 1 feels great for a guy like Jordan Spieth, the three majors at this field, which is not necessarily the best field, so it feels like good value. The, the, the better value really might be that plus $1.90 at a top 10 for a guy like Jordan Spieth because, again, so talented, should be there in the running – but struggle to close like we saw with Morikawa. So 
I don't always trust some of those guys just because the name player in a smaller field, that doesn't always mean that they're going to close out and win. It normally means they'll be around in the conversation, at least, when we get to the back nine on the Sunday. Yeah, I think goes, uh, I mean, matchups, uh, tournament matchups, and then these finishing position markets are the best, are, are the, are the best way to best golf. That's where you're going to make your money off of the outrights that you're going to hit occasionally. Those, yep. are, those are the nice bonuses, right? Those are how you turn good years into great years yep. if you're able to hit some of those consistently. But yeah, absolutely. Tournament matchups, that's where you want to start out at. Unfortunately, you kind of you can't build your own matchups. You're only offered what the book's going to give you. So that's where it leads me a lot of times looking at the top 20, top 10 plays on those guys. But I do think uh, what you gave out, Kelly, is really important for everybody new to the golf space. And I know, you know, again, I always say this. You, you got to check out, uh, you know, Brady and Wes on the network each and every week with Long Shots, their podcast. But the point of guys that played a week ago, look to those guys this week for the Sony Open. They're kind of getting that groove back. I love the Corey Connors play at 22 to 1 for a long shot uh, out right there, but I also really like him at plus 240 to be a top 10. So you can find some juicy plus numbers. Play a couple guys for that top 10, maybe one or two to Mall's point for the uh, longer shots at the outrights. Because only one guy is going to cash that ticket ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Fun show as always. Uh, certainly want to thank Steve Mackinnon and Jonathan Von Tobel for hopping on today. Don't go anywhere. Final Countdown is next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.